Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Informed Catholic Podcast. My name is Ned Jabbar. Let's open up with a prayer, please. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Let's recite the Apostles' Creed, the profession of our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who by the Holy Ghost was conceived, born of the Virgin Mary, raised, suffered unto Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day arose again from the dead, and he ascended unto heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Let's ask our Blessed Lady, the Holy Mother of God, to pray for us, who is also Queen of the Rosary. Let's ask St. Joseph, guardian of the Holy Family and the Church, to pray for us, and St. Michael the Archangel, to pray for us, and St. Thomas Aquinas to pray for us. And we also will ask for the intercession and prayers of the servant of God, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. So our scripture reading is going to be from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 15, the resurrection of Christ. So let's begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now I would remind you, brethren, in what terms I preach to you the gospel, which you received, in which you stand, by which you are saved. If you hold fast, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered to you as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than five hundred brethren at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me, for I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God, which is with me, whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. The gospel of the Lord, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so we're back doing another podcast episode on Fulton J. Sheen, but before we begin... Uh, I would like to give an apology to some of you. Um, I've been messing up lately with the recordings of the podcasts. I haven't been paying too good attention to the audio. I actually do this on my phone. It's an app uh, that Anchor uh, provides. And so I don't have a studio. I don't have um, 
I'm trying to prepare myself to do it on the laptop uh, with the connection to with a microphone, but it's a little difficult. And, you know, so I put out a couple of uh, podcasts and when I, I didn't listen to them carefully back uh, before I uploaded them and posted them uh, on the podcasts uh, platforms, the audio was off. So I took them off again because I don't want to put out a bad product. I want to try to improve. So hopefully in the future, um, I'll probably try to look for some microphones that I can attach. I don't have to hold my phone uh, so I can talk into it. This is um, this is how some of us do it. And it, it works. It works better. Uh, I did buy a, a microphone to plug to the phone, but it was it came out rattly. And a lucky thing, I didn't pay a lot of money for it. But I'm going to try to improve, uh, hopefully, in the future. So when 2020 comes around, some of you say a prayer. Hopefully, I can uh, do these uh, podcast episodes, make better product of them, and hopefully uh, it'll be out there. So anyway, uh, we're going to do another episode on Fulton J. Sheen. Unfortunately, what happened, remember I said in one podcast, I wanted to get away from, uh, it might have been one of them I took off, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I really would like to get away from these controversies, but unfortunately, when I found out that they, uh, the USCCB put a halt on the canonization of uh, Fulton J. Sheen, that was really uh, upsetting. Um, he was one of, the, like I said, in the last podcast episode, part one of this, he was the first televangelist the actual first one who actually got on the air. He was a Catholic priest. He was the first Catholic priest who got into, who went into people's homes, regardless if you're Catholic or Protestant. He put a really respectable, true face of, on Catholicism in America. He was first on the air in the radio for almost 20 years before he finally got a show, a TV program. Imagine that. A bishop got on the air and actually taught, you know, presented Catholicism. He was funny. He had a very uh, beautiful Irish humor. He made fun of himself. Um, he made, you know, he was able to tell jokes when he would try to explain uh, the truth of the faith with humor. And he, he never sugarcoated. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't like any of these priests or bishops that almost like they disdain the faith. They apologize for the faith. They're embarrassed of it. Fulton Sheen loved his Catholic faith. The man was born in 1895 and he studied real philosophy. Not like these men now who study a philosophy that is so weak and watered down. You know, the problem with the modern day um, clerics is that they have been introduced to a bad form of philosophy, um, a very subjective form. It's like this, you know, you know, like you enter a, a fun house, a house of mirrors, 
you know, you ever go to those theme parks and you go into one place and there's all kinds of mirrors. A mirror would show you really like stretched out. One mirror would show you short and another mirror would show you fat. Another mirror would show you kind of wiggly. There's all kinds of these, these mirrors. Well, try to picture a bad form of philosophy, but it's subjectivism. In a sense, what these men believed, they didn't believe that the faith remained true and the same from generation to generation. They believe because reality changes, they assumed that so how you think and what you believe and truth changes, which is actually not, you know, I mean, really good Greek philosophy would tell you no. Because if murder was wrong five generations ago, so murder, so murder would be wrong five generations later. If lying was wrong a thousand years ago, a thousand years later, we know that lying is still wrong. So their problem is, is that it was a French and German form of, of, of philosophy where they constantly internalize the truth. It's like I said, it's you constantly trying to figure it out by looking at back at yourself, by asking yourself the same question. That's what I mean. I call it like a house of, of mirrors. That's what subjectivism is. So they think that if time changes, so does morality and truth change. And that's why we have a constantly touchy-feely sort of gospel, sort of, sort of preaching, a Catholic church today that's constantly internalizing the faith, morality, and truth. It's constantly you wrestling with it, never really making a, an actually objective establishment of it because that's not the kind of reality they believe in. They don't want to be sort of like forced into a foundation. That's why they rejected Thomas Aquinas. If you listen to some of the YouTube videos on Census Fidelium or the Fatima Center, there's actually some pretty good ones where now people are actually looking and examining all the stuff that happened in Vatican II um, from 1963 to 64 or, or 62 to 64, a lot of these men rejected it. And surprise, surprise, some names pop up that will surprise you. Carl Wachila, uh, Joseph Ratzinger, Carl Wachila, Pope John Paul II, Joseph Ratzinger, Benedict XVI, these men, though they were not big revolutionaries, they, be, they later on began to see the problem, but they were still, unfortunately, a product of that period. John Paul II understood the love for the Trinitine Mass, but he was not an arch-conservative as some people thought he was. He, too, was still part of that period, which is why some people think that his canonization was premature. And a lot of these men wanted to wanted to get rid of that old time Catholicism because they knew the theology of the old Catholic faith, that, that is what I'm calling old Catholic faith, is the pre-Vatican II, the Trinitine Mass. Now, I know a lot of people have a love for the Trinitine Mass. I've been to a Trinitine Mass. I don't have access to it all the time because... 
a lot of play like you know it's it takes time to travel and i know some people think you got to make that sacrifice i don't have access to it i wish i could go to a latin mass more often it would be great to actually attend only a latin mass and to follow the old liturgical calendar but you know i think it's unfair the way people put an absolute that this is what you got to do i understand Still, the even with the Novus Ordo Mass, the, the consecration of the Eucharist is still valid. It's not done as um, with, with the same reverence as you see in a Trinitine Mass, Latin Mass, but maybe with the help of God, with, with, with God's help and our prayers, we may begin to see it. But we live in the times that we live and God has placed us here and we have to accept it. And we have to do what we can. I'm doing my part by doing this podcast. And a lot of you, are. we're going to do our part by praying the rosary and praying for someone like Fulton Sheen, a man like him, a holy man like him, can finally be canonized. Because Fulton Sheen, I'm, I'm most, with most confidence, I can say, I don't think he agreed with everything on Vatican II. He was a holy man. He died in a chapel, praying before the Blessed Sacrament. They found him dead praying. That's how he died. He was praying to the body, blood, soul, divinity of our Lord. He was praying in the presence of Christ. That's how holy he was. So let's begin to look in these two articles. One is by Church Militant and LifeSite News. First, we're going to look into LifeSite News, and then we're going to look in the Church Militant. All right? So let's begin. So, Vatican postpones beatification of Fulton Sheen after request by some U.S. bishops. Doug uh, Minwaring and Martin M. Uh, Barillas. I hope I pronounced those names correctly. It's uh, Tuesday, December 3rd, 2019. Okay, and now... uh, Here's a little uh, footnote here. Archdiocese, New York, Catholic Diocese of Peoria, Fulton J. Sheen, okay, uh, and U.S. bishops. Okay. The Vatican City, Depart- uh, Vatican City, December 3rd, 2019, life site. The beatification of Archbishop Fulton Sheen, beloved by generations of American Catholics, has been abruptly put on hold by the Vatican. The Holy See decided to postpone the date of the beatification at the request of a few members of the Bishop's Conference who have asked for further consideration according to a press release from the Diocese of Peoria where Sheen's beatification ceremony was to take place. In our current climate, it is important for the faithful to know that there has Never been, nor is there now, any allegations against Sheen involving the abuse of a minor, continues the statement. At no time has his life of uh, virtue ever been called into question. Peoria Bishop Daniel Jenke is firmly convinced of the great holiness of the venerable servant of God and remains confident that Sheen will be beatified. Bishop Jenke has every intention of continuing the cause, but no further date for the beatification has been discussed. 
breaking, Holy See postpones Xi's beatification, reported Michael R. Henley, editor of Simply Catholic, apparently comes at a request of some members of the Bishop Conference. Now, uh, yeah, this is a tweet by this man, Michael R. Henlin, uh, from Simply Catholic. I heard that they're quite uh, a liberal, established, um, I guess you can say, media. Okay, so let's continue. Sheen's beatification was to take place in less than three weeks. On December 21st at the Cathedral of St. Mary of the Immaculate Conception in Peoria, Illinois, where Sheen was ordained to the priesthood on September 20th, 1919. Wow, that's almost, uh, that's a hundred years ago. That is a hundred years ago. Amazing. Uh, really, that's really amazing. I mean, when you think about uh, some someone like him who has lived the faith, experienced so many things, uh, experienced the 1929 crash, the stock market, World War II. I mean, think about it. It's just amazing. He's had a life and what he experienced and seen. Uh, the civil rights movement, um, just amazing. The the all the major advancements in science and technology, and he lived his faith. It's remarkable, and you know, radio. He was on. He lived at a time when there was no television. He was on the radio first, and. He lived in a time when there was no cell phones, no computers, no laptops, no cable television, no internet. He lived at a time before any of this, but he was he was starting to experience it. He would see the changes in technology. At the time when he had a, uh, a phone, he had to go to those little funny ones that you see in those old movies where you got to put this little cup to your ear and talk into a cup. And, you know, you know, we had those little round turn, turn things, you know, with the numbers on them. He didn't live, you know, he didn't have the touch tone phones. He didn't have a smartphone. It's really amazing. You know, I mean, you know, when you think of people in the past, how life was very different. You know, uh, are the Archdiocese of New York and the Diocese of Peoria were locked in a court battle over Sheen's body for several years. The Diocese of Peoria ultimately prevailed earlier this year, which allowed the beatification process to continue. Let's stop here. So this part here might be the clue to what, why his beatification has stopped. Uh, Dolan, if, I, if you remember, he did not want to give it up. He didn't want to give it up, the, the, the remains, to his niece, she was in her 90s and she was raised by him and she was like a daughter to him. And uh, Egan, Cardinal Egan, who was in the who, who was in St. Patrick's before Dolan came along, promised it. But he gave a verbal promise. And unfortunately, those things are very bad because you really should have someone write it down legally and notarize it, have it between lawyers and make it legal. And that's why Dolan was able to get around it because it should have been done on paper, signed, notarized with a lawyer. And uh, you should never take things on a handshake.
That's they always say that because they could always turn on you. All right. Um, Sheen was a popular teacher and radio uh, television personality in the 1950s and 60s in the United States. His television show, Life is Worth Living, reached millions of viewers of all faiths, supplementing more than 50 books. In, ni- in 1947, Archbishop Sheen, in a memorable radio sermon, laid out the dozen or so tricks that the Antichrist will use to destroy Christians. This is an interesting part, so I'm going to read it very carefully. I'm probably going to read it twice. Like the devil, whose trademark signature is to twist the truth, to sell sin. So the Antichrist, according to Sheen, will twist the minds of men to make them believe he is the great humanitarian who will talk peace, prosperity, and plenty. He will write books on the new idea of God to suit the way people live. He will invoke religion to destroy religion. He will even speak of Christ and say that he was the greatest man who ever lived, he said. In the, in the midst of all his seeming love for humanity and his gift to talk of freedom and, and equality, he will have one great secret which he will tell to no one. He will not believe in God, he continued. And because his religion will be brotherhood without the fatherhood of God, he will deceive even the elect. Wow. He will set up a counter church, which will be the ape of the church because he, the devil, is the ape of God. It will be the mystical body of the Antichrist that will in all externals resemble the church as the mystical body of Christ. In desperate, in, in desperate need for God, he will induce modern man in his loneliness and frustration to hunger more and more for membership in his community that will give man enlargement of purpose without any need of personal amendment and without the admission of personal guilt. These are days in which the devil has been given a particularly long rope, the archbishop added. A critical of Nazism and communism, Sheen was also an effective proponent of racial harmony. During the Second World War, he wrote, for a Catholic to be anti-Semitic is to be un-Catholic. He deplored nuclear weapons as immoral and also for a time advocate for the American withdrawal from the conflict in Vietnam. So, it's this is where the article ends. It ends with saying developing. This is sad. Those guys really really are jealous of a man like that. I remember Dolan uh, was trying to promote Robert Barron when he was Bishop Robert Barron. Before he was Bishop, where he was just Father Robert Barron, he was trying to promote him as the new Fulton Sheen because he is of the new church. Technically, that's what this church is. It's a new Catholic church. It's a Catholic church that appears to be Catholic, but it's really more and more Protestant. And they don't talk about sin. Everything that he said here, can anyone argue if you're a practicing Catholic without even looking at it and seeing that he's talking about today? Can anyone say 
that this is not happening. Look what happened with the Pachimama, with the October Synod, what Pope Francis did there. Look at the fact that we're having, I mean, right now, even somewhere in Italy, uh, a bishop set up a pagan idol of ancient Rome. It's called syncretism. The idea behind it is that you use Catholicism and Christianity and you bring in, you try to mold it with paganism. And you, you, you explain it away by saying it's not paganism. It's, it's expressing the, 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 the uh, experience of our times. It's all kinds of mumbo-jumbo words that they use. This is what we have. And this is the problem with our church today. We have a serious problem. These men hated a man like him because he was orthodox. Fulton Sheen was, is the kind of priest and bishop we need today. And we need to study our catechism more. We need to study Aquinas. We need to know how to think, how to think about what is good and what is evil. And we need to stop this nonsense about feelings and emotions. I mean, this is not Star Wars. Trust your feelings. What does that mean? Trust your feelings. Trust your feelings about what? What you feel is personal and intimate to you. I can't feel what you feel. You can't feel what I feel. And it's like Scott Hahn said, I mean, so you want to trust your feelings. You want to use your feelings to explain your faith. How do you know it's your feelings and not the pepperoni pizza you had the night before? You know, it's nonsense. You can't use things like that in your faith. So we're going to stop here and we're going to go to the Church Militant article. So now we moved into the Church Militant article. Rochester Diocese issues a false statement by Christine Niles, Church Militant, December 5th, 2019. Fails to mention... Bishop Matono's, Matono's letter objecting to beatification. Interesting. Okay, let's see what she means by here. Okay. Rochester, New York. A new statement from the Diocese of Rochester, New York, paints a false picture of its role in holding Venerable Archbishop Sheen's beatification. Two days after the Diocese of Peoria, Illinois, announced that the Holy See is placing Sheen's beatification on indefinite hold, the Diocese of Rochester issued a statement Thursday clarifying its own actions with regard to his cause. The Diocese of Rochester, Peoria, Illinois, to any announcement of the beatification provided the Diocese of Peoria and the Congregation for the Cause of Sainthood through the Office of the Apostolic Nuncio with documentation that expressed concern about advancing the cause for the beatification of Archbishop Sheen at this time without a further review of his role in priest assignments. The Diocese of Rochester did as due did its due diligence in this matter and believe that while not casting suspicion, it was prudent that the Archbishop Sheen's cause receive further study and deliberation. 
while also acknowledging the, the competency of the congregation of the causes of sainthood to render its decision. The Holy See ultimately decided to postpone the beatification. I want to say something here. Why are they being so... I mean, first of all, they already put a... By doing this, they're casting suspicion. They're trying to, they're trying to sully his reputation. That's what they're trying to do here. Because when you're, you're, you're saying, oh, we just want to investigate more, you know the man has had, a, has had a saintly life. Now, what's interesting here is, what about McCarrick? What about him? Why haven't they investigated him? Why haven't they brought out anything about his, about his uh, where all the skeletons are buried? What about other victims of him? Why are they so, so insistent on, uh, you know, Archbishop Fulton Sheen's reputation to, you know, I mean, think about it. They're making quite an effort here to, to stop him from being beatified. But they make very little effort when they in, uh, interviewed and uh, questioned James Ryan, uh, I believe I'm pronouncing his name correctly, uh, McCarrick's victim for nearly 20 years of the man's life or more, and they never bothered to ask him about who other people were, what other bishops, what other clergy, what other red hats were involved in, uh, in, in, in having, abusing him with McCarrick. They never bothered to ask him that, but they put as much effort on this Orthodox man, this, this saint, he should be a canonized saint, as much effort to stop him it's amazing. While the statement does not go into details, reports on Wednesday confirmed the, object, the objections revo revolved around former priest Gerard, Gerard Gouley, who served in Rochester in the early 1960s and was accused of abuse in 1963 and afterwards transferred to the Diocese of Wheeling, Charleston, West Virginia. All of this took place before Sheen arrived as Bishop of Rochester in 1966. Rochester's current bishop, Salvatore Matono, has sent the documentation on Gouli to Rome early this summer, which was thoroughly examined by the Congregation for the Cause of Saints. With Sheen cleared of all wrongdoing, the evidence showed that Sheen had never assigned Gouli to any priestly ministry before, during, or after Sheen's tenure in Rochester. When questions, Gouli himself confirmed that Sheen had never given him an assignment. This thus cleared the Vatican announced in, on November 18 that Sheen's beatification was approved and will be scheduled for December 21st. So he's pretty much uh, blessed Archbishop Fulton Sheen, a servant of God, I guess you can say that. But it has to be formally announced, which was supposed to be on December 21st. I hope there's a lot of backlash for this, a whole lot of backlash for this, because they really, really need to, uh, to do more, you know, to really give it to these guys, because they really are evil men. I'm sorry to say this. They are evil, wicked men. They love their power and they love their position and they think the rest of us have to be stupid and just simply go go along. They don't like, they, they want people to be Catholic zombies. 
but they don't want you to be a faithful, and I'm going to say it, informed Catholic who knows your who knows his or her faith. That's what you have to be. You have to be one who is faithful, practicing, informed Catholic. You know your faith. Don't let these guys dictate your faith. Don't let them tell you what you're supposed to believe. As a matter of fact, always, always, always question and and make sure that the, the priest, the bishop is someone you know is holy. Judge them how they talk about, about holiness, how they talk about the saints, how they, how they talk about sin. I would always have a list. Just judge them on that. Judge them on that. Look at them and, and examine them on those causes, on the, that behavior. But if he or she, I mean, he, excuse me, he is someone that doesn't like to hang around, doesn't, you know, rushes through the mass, uh, wants to rush out quickly, um, doesn't, you know, doesn't, you know, reads through the, 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 the scriptures fast. And unfortunately, these days, they, they go through Mass faster because they like to say the Apostles' Creed and not the Nessene Creed because it's shorter. I know these guys have to be, they, they really want to, you know, run off and maybe watch TV and have their dinner. They just don't want to do it. They don't want to, you know, they don't want, they don't want to give a good Holy Mass these days. So let's continue. Church Militant has confirmed with inside sources that Matano immediately sent a letter the next day to the papal nuncio Archbishop Christophe Pierre, strongly objecting to Sheen's beatification. The letter is never mentioned in the diocese Thursday statement. Oh, he just wanted to keep that out, which gave the false impression that Matono had never intervened after Rome announced Sheen's beatification. The Diocese of Rochester cannot support the beatification taking place as scheduled. The November 19th letter from Matano's states, it requires further study and examination. Our diocese requires that the beatification be delayed. The letter insists. Well, let me read it again. Rochester's statement gave the false impression that Matono had never intervened after Rome announced Sheen's beatification. Interesting. In a veiled criticism, Bishop Daniel Jenke, Matono writes, Peoria announcement is disturbing. Wow. Rochester would be forthright in doing its due diligence if the press inquired about this, he adds. They never bothered with, with McCarrick. Look at all the other sex abuse scandals. Look at the other cover-up of all the other horrible priests. They never bothered. Why are they so insistent on, on, on him? He's been dead for nearly mostly 40 years, almost 50 years. 19, I mean, not 50 years, but 40 years, practically. 40 years. And this is, and, and, and they're putting so much energy to stop the beatification because they hate him. They hated him. They hated him. He was unwelcomed after that incident with Spellman when Spellman wanted that money for, for the uh, powdered milk. He wanted millions of dollars and he refused to give it to Spellman. They had to go to Rome. And after that, because he refused to go along with the so-called new Catholic Church that they invented. Unbelievable. 
Rochester would be forthright in doing its due diligence if the press inquired about about this, he adds. Unbelievable. Reco uh, Palomo, amid ongoing, this is a tweet, amid ongoing surprise and confusion over uh, over the sudden beatification halt early this, thir- this Thursday. A house, um, I guess Archbishop in Rome, relied that Sheen's cause is over. Really, re- read, read permanently. Given the gravity of the report, whispers sought a formal comment from the Holy See. This person obviously wants to say that now it's like it's permanently over. He's not, he's never going to be canonized or beatified. Unbelievable. Mateno's November 19th letter raises on a new uh, allegations against Sheen, but served as the catalyst to put a halt to Sheen's beatification. Sources also confirm that Mateno would not have the clout on his own to block Sheen's cause, but consulted with New York Cardinal Timothy Dolan, ah, ha who lent his support, as well as Chicago's Cardinal Blaze Soupage. All right. I, for some reason, I always think of a chipmunk when I look at him, whose stature in Rome has grown ever since Pope Francis appointed him to lead the Sex Abuse Summit in February. Gulli was accused of abuse of adults in 1963 and reassigned to the Archdiocese of Wheeling, Charleston, West Virginia. Afterwards, his name was listed on the Rochester Diocese, uh, Diocese roster of priests. Removed 2002 and 2012, he was eventually laicized. He's this, the, the priest who they were trying to connect it to Archbishop Fulton Sheen was finally laicized. So we have it there. The Vatican has so far issued no statement in addressing its decision to halt Sheen's beatification. While Vatican Vatican uh, Rocco Palermo, who is generally considered reliable, published a tweet claiming, this is the one I just read, claiming that the sources say the Sheen's cause is over and permanent. All right. So this 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 article I think is still being worked on, but it's we got a lot here. We got a lot here. It's this is all malicious, malicious stuff, and it's sad. All right, so let's pray, pray for uh, for Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Pray that he eventually that God would. I mean, the Holy Spirit is the one we have to pray for. The Holy Spirit will have have his day. Fulton Sheen will be canonized. And these men, all they're going to do, all they're going to find themselves is they find themselves at war with God. That's what it is. They're at war with the church. They're at war with our Lord. They're at war with our lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary. They're at war with the Trinity. They're at war with heaven. These men are earthly. They hate the church. They want the church destroyed. They want it, I mean, if not destroyed, they want it stripped and unrecognizable. Some of the, one of them I heard the other day, I think his name is Cardinal Martini. I think he died. I was listening to a um, a talk on YouTube, uh, someone from the Vatima, uh, Fatima Center, that some of these men don't believe in a, they literally said, I don't believe in a Catholic God. 
These are men that Pope Francis has assigned to surround him. This is the kind of people we're dealing with. I'm going to end this podcast now. And when I get back next week, hopefully we will do a little bit more reading on Fulton Sheen's um, uh, talks, his what he wrote and what he said. Uh, I have a book here. Um, Your Life is Worth Living. Um, and it has the Christian philosophy of life by Fulton Sheen. There's also a book here, uh, Life of Christ, one of his most famous. And it's a beautiful book. And there's other books out there that, you know, many of them, they took his talks from TV shows and everything. He was really, he was really, a, he really, really loved the Catholic faith. I remember a story they said that um, when he was on riding a subway and he wound up fighting himself, getting into an argument with an Anglican priest and the Anglican priest like kept on hounding him, saying him, you're not, you know, you're not better than me. You're not more holy than me. And what makes you so different than, than I? And Fulton Sheen said, well, it's quite simple. I can kiss your wife. You can't kiss mine. Meaning that because he's celibate, he's a celibate priest, that was makes, you know, that makes them different. And the other man is married and has a wife, you know, an Anglican priest who has a wife. And that, you know, it was one of it was witnessed by someone obviously on the subway or someone who was with Fulton Sheen. But it's it's this is, shows you his 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 mannerism, his way of thinking. And there's also Michael Voris. Michael Voris remembered when he served uh, as all, uh, one of the altar boys attended at mass, and he was the one carrying the incense burner. And unfortunately, he put too much incense. I believe that's what Michael Voris said. And while they were in the back in the in the the rectory, some hippie came to the back, and nobody. Uh, I guess Fulton Sheen still had his microphone on. And this man said he just got back from India, and he he took the best of of the Hindu religion, and the best of Catholic you know, and mixed it together to to bring harmony. In other words, syncretize the two, the two religions to mix and match them. And Fulton Sheen looked at him and said, get out. And everybody heard him. I will not have someone like you pollute the Catholic religion. The Catholic faith is a gift from Almighty God. And everybody heard his voice thunder through the church. And the man ran out. And then he turned around and says, okay, now which one of you is handling the incense? And, you know, and that's, that's how he, you know, he just quickly forgot about it. That's the kind of man he was. All right. So let's say a prayer to Christ, the King in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy ghost. Oh, Christ Jesus, I acknowledge thee, King of the universe. All that has been created has been made for thee. Exercise over me all thy sovereign rights. I renew the promises of my baptism. I renounce Satan and all his works and all his pomps. And I promise to live a good Christian life and to do all in my power to procure the triumph of the rights of God and thy church. O divine heart of Jesus, I offer thee my poor efforts in order to obtain that all hearts may acknowledge thy sacred, royal, thy sacred royalty 
and that thus the kingdom of thy peace may be established throughout the universe. Amen. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, Guardian of the Church, pray for us. Saint Michael the Archangel, pray for us. Saint Thomas Aquinas. And we also pray to the Venerable Servant of God, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.